Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Bobby Burton, your host, joined today by Brian Irwin, two-time state championship high school coach of the Lamarck Cougars, also a head coach around the state. Uh, each and every post game, Brian and I try to get together and talk a little bit. Uh, Brian, you're in your car today because you were, you're trying to get to and from stuff. Uh, I appreciate you taking the time and, and visiting with us. Uh, you, yours and I, we, we've been talking a long time and we've known each other for 30 years now. Um, your takeaways from this season, I'm going to start there uh, because you and I have known each other this long and we realize mm -hmm. just how rare this opportunity was for Texas and just how rare this team was. So before we get into the game itself, <clears throat> talk about just how rare this season was for Texas in your opinion. Very rare, uh, very special. Um, I'm proud to be a Longhorn. I'm proud to proud of what Texas football is doing, what, what Sark's done from day one. Uh, you and I have kind of been together on this, you know, the last couple of years and seeing the little bitty things he's done culture wise and build this thing and what he, what he took over, uh, three years ago, uh, the, the cupboard he, he took over is different than the cupboard Lincoln Riley took over or Brian Kelly took over, you know, our, our, our Sonny Dykes took over. Um, and, and I'm just proud of the way he's built this thing and what he's done, uh, very, very special, very rare. And I, I equate it to this. It's he's building it right. He's building it one step at a time, the foundation, the process. It just it's a process. You know, it just takes time. Look at what Michigan's, you know, done. It's they're three years into this same deal trying to get to the big one and they finally got there because it's a process. It's you know, a pro a process of gaining experience. It's a process of building your roster. It's a process of building your culture. Uh, a process of making sure physically you're you're where you need to be, and and you see a team like Michigan and see the physicality that they've got, and you know even Washington, the 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 seasoned experience and the age of some of their players, the experience of some of their players, and and so I equate it to you know what what I do for a living now, our company, you know we build a lot of foundations, dirt foundations, and the way you build dirt foundations is six inches at a time. You know, you may have to come up six feet, but you can only do it six inches at a time. You, you build the dirt, you water it, you compact it. You build it up, you water it, you compact it. And you do it six inches at a time so that you get the right compaction, you get the right density, you get the right foundation. And and that's what Sark's doing. Yeah, that's good stuff. I think you, your, your, your uh, comment about proud to be a Longhorn, I think a lot of people, if they – they hear that and they're kind of nodding their heads and echo yeah. your sentiments there. I mean, not that you weren't proud before, yeah, but you're proud to see it going in the right direction too. I mean, exactly. it's directionally, it's it's just going the right. All right, let's let's talk a little bit about the game uh, and some major takeaways for you. Uh, the first half, let's start there. Uh, Texas comes out, you know, Washington gets a gets a stop. Essentially, they def they take they win the toss and defer. They get a mm -hmm. stop, then they go down and score, um, and that was maybe a tone setter for the game in a way in that Washington clearly, um, you know, a, a good football team out of the gate yeah. and Michael Penix going to be really tough to deal with the whole night. Mm -hmm. I think um, the, the biggest, one of the biggest problems that I had with, with uh, our ability to really compete with Washington uh, last night was, was the, Legal procedure penalties, the pre-snap penalties, it really got us off schedule. It happened the very first snap of the game. You know, we're sitting there first and 15, 
And uh, I think we overcame that first one. Um, but but it, it reared its ugly head many, many times. We ended up first and 15 or second and 12 or whatever. And and that was that was something that uh, we just we just didn't do a good job of. That's that's you can't have pre-snap penalties in, in big ball games like that and get behind the chains. And that ended up hurting our ability to really really stick with the run the way we needed to. Because when you get behind the chains like that, first and fifteen or second and twelve, you know, yeah, you can still run the ball, but it, it's just it's not as effective when you can do it from you know first down and ten or second down and six. And um, that was the disappointing part because I oh I was so I mean we were running the ball so well, ravaging nine point four yards to carry there in the first half, and 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 even in the second half thought we ran the ball beautifully. So that was our ticket to winning the game was to, to run the football, control the clock, move the chains, and and score touchdowns in the red zone. And we you know we did some of that in the first half, but. Um, that that's the biggest takeaway. The first thing I think of when I think of the game is the pre-snap penalties, getting us behind schedule, and how that affects play calling and the ability to really, really stick with the run game. All right, interesting. Hey, Brian, the, the next question I had for you uh, on that as it relates to the, the whole game. Texas is down 21-14, but they're coming back uh, with a minute left in the half. I felt like that was one of the better one-minute drives Texas has had all season. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was an efficient, yeah, highly, highly. I mean, I, I thought that was as good a one-minute drive as Texas has had all year to to go yeah. up and tie the game going into halftime. Yeah. Oh, I mean, we we felt great right at halftime, I and mean, we know yeah. we didn't play our best game. Uh, we we didn't come out smoking hot, but uh, we go in at half, you know, tie twenty-one twenty-one. We we feeling great about it, and um, that's that's the disappointing part. And I, I even said it after I'm like. Okay, I told my wife and my daughter I was watching the game with, and I'm like, the name of the game, the second half is we have to force them to. Who's going to kick the most field goals is going to lose this game. Who scores the most touchdowns is going to win this game. That was that was kind of my whole battle cry going into halftime, and and you know what, our defense I think accomplished what I was thinking. We forced them to three field goals in the second half, 16 total points. If you'd have told me that we'd give up 16 total points in the second half. I'm thinking we're going to Houston. We're going to win the football game. If we hold them to three field goals, we're going to win the football game. Yeah, they definitely stood up in the in the fourth quarter in particular. The defense came back. But that third quarter, Brian, is where Washington really kind of stretched that lead. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they score um, twice in that quarter. Uh, Texas, mm-hmm. uh, in, in that time frame, only runs five offensive plays. Uh, of course, the first offensive player of the, of the second half, Cedric Baxter, fumbles. Uh, yeah. That Washington then, even though that Texas did have a, a sudden change defense and only allowed three points to go up by 10, it mm-hmm. kind of was a tone setter for the rest of that third quarter and mm-hmm. early into the fourth quarter as well. Yeah. I still I still really firmly believe that we, we knew what we were getting into from a defensive standpoint and the task and the challenge that we had. We, we knew – there's no surprises. Phoenix, his receiving core, that offensive line, you know, Joe Moore award-winning offensive line. We knew it was going to be difficult. We had to complement that with our own offense with being able to control the football, run the football, move the chains, not turn it over. And, and the two fumbles in the second half were were just backbreakers, you know, one by Cedric Baxter, another one by Jaden Blue, uh, who are – Young, young backs, 
you know, we're talking freshmen, redshirt freshmen. You compare them with what I keep thinking about. You compare them with a Blake Corum, who is a beast. I mean, his biceps are bigger than those guys' legs. And, <laughs> and you know, how many times did you see Alabama raking at him trying to get the ball out? But he's so strong. He's so physically mature at his age and his experience level. Which these guys are going to be what, you know, what great backs backs are going to be. Jaden Blue, I think, made more improvement than anybody on the football team in the last three or four football games, in my opinion. I mean, he just – he's dynamite. And um, But they, they just got to get physically stronger because the ball is popping out right now because they're freshmen, redshirt freshmen. And as they get stronger in the weight room, those things won't happen. But those two turnovers, um, you know, not moving the ball on offense um, – you know, we, we, we can't complain about the defense as the reason why we only had five snaps. Our offense contributed to that. Yep. Uh, you, you look at it, and uh, a lot of people will say 500-plus yards of total offense for Washington. Uh, couldn't stop them when they had to at one point. Um, mm-hmm. You mentioned the defense. Did you see anything that uh, it made you feel good about where the defense is headed versus uh, or make you feel bad about the defense. I mean, what what were your, what were your thoughts on the defense overall? Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance, and you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to twenty five percent by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games. The pinpoint placement that, that Phoenix had a few times, I, I just don't know what you can do about it. We, the coverage was there. We're hip to hip, shoulder to shoulder. We're in their ear hole, you know, which is where you're supposed to be. And he drops it in, and you know our our, our DBs turns looks for the ball, and it goes right past him. And it, it just there's not a whole lot you can do there. So I, I thought our coverage was good. You know, the one we had was it right before the half? We had the, the tip ball. We tipped we tipped yeah. it to the receiver, and he catches yeah. it. Um, you know, that's great coverage. You know, we're just millimeters away from being able to bat that thing down or intercept it. Um, you know, the pass rush not being able to generate some pressure. And in effect, Phoenix, really, that was uh, a concern. Uh, we've got to be able to do that. They did it to us. Michigan did it to, to Alabama, right? I mean, that's the difference in the game, uh, with, with, in that game. Uh, same thing with, with, with our game. So we got to be able to affect the rusher. We don't have to get sacks, but we've got to affect and get pressures. Uh, thought the coverage was adequate. It's just sometimes Phoenix just dropped those dimes, and, and there's not a whole lot you can do. So, I said it. I said it a couple of times. I mean that that ball on in the fourth quarter to Adunze. That was yeah. That was like hitting the postage stamp. That no wasn't doubt. hitting the envelope. That he hit the postage stamp with that. No doubt. And in our corner, I mean, he literally he's in phase, perfect phase, and he looks back 
and the ball goes right past his, you know, his face, right into Dunn's hands. I, I really like the adjustment. I, I want to watch the game again a time or two to to really verify and validate what I'm about to say. But as I watched it, we got in the second half. Well, I I thought we made a good adjustment. We started playing some more odd defense. We we rushed three handful of times. It changed it up for Penning, so we're dropping eight. And and it just changed things up versus, you know, rushing four, drop seven, rush four, drop seven, giving him that same look, that same movement um, uh, pattern in the pocket that he was able to adequately, you know, move in the pocket and, and avoid some rushes by Murphy and by Ethan Burt and things like that. But uh, going to the odd defense, I think really helped. I think it confused Penix a little bit and it gave him a little bit different pocket presence and, and uh, I think that's when we started slowing them down is when we played a lot more odd defense. Interesting. All right, uh, offense. Let, let's talk about that because it was it felt like a disjointed performance. Is that mm-hmm. maybe the best way to put it? It never felt like they were in – you used the term in phase yeah. as it related to, to the cornerback. He was in phase. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. offense didn't feel like it was in rhythm. Yeah. It felt uh, – there were times when it felt like it was – but it wasn't consistently in rhythm. You agree with that assessment? I do, and a lot of that was because of pre-stat penalties um, and a handful of three and outs that that um, you know we we're <coughs> excuse me we were uh, hot and cold. Um, and to your point, we were just kind of hot and cold. We were hot. We were very hot. When we were cold, we were three and out. And it wasn't just third and ten; it was third and twenty. You know, yeah. and so. Um, I think that was a major factor. And, and we had that one chance in the first half where uh, we were tied. We got a stop. I'm like, okay, we need to go score here and get ahead. Because we, we were playing catch. We were playing from behind the whole game. And we ended up going three and out. It was just an ugly, ugly series. And so, yeah, we, we were a little bit disjointed. But most of that was due to pre-snap penalties. I thought we ran the ball maybe as well as we ran it all year. I mean, we, we were clipping off five to – 10 yards every time we ran the football, it seemed like. Um, and and I thought Quinn did a great job. I mean, the, the, the throws he made, you know, um, crossing routes, things like that. But obviously not having X, maybe he wasn't 100% healthy, I guess. Um, he, he just wasn't a factor. Adonai, um, you know, he, he wasn't quite the factor that he's been. JT still, you know, obviously was banged up. So, you know, we weren't, we weren't elite at the receiver position. I didn't think last night, especially when you compared us to Washington. Washington was elite, and, and we're not quite there yet. Yeah, interesting. Uh, it, given the fact that I, I really felt like a part of that, uh, you mentioned uh, Xavier Worthy. He was still dealing with an ankle injury. People can say what they want, but there's a reason they didn't actually try to run any comebacks with them. Yeah. Uh, that sort of stuff, because that's the kind of thing that he could actually run really well when he's fully yeah. healthy and can and can – feel that ankle. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but uh, you, you look around and there are elements of this team that you <clears> like where Texas is going. One of them, however, that I thought was a negative was red zone again uh, mm-hmm. in the second half. In that fourth quarter, Texas entered inside the 15-yard line of Washington twice mm-hmm. and only came away with three points. Yeah. Now, the second time, both times, the problem there, though, was the because of the clock, Texas didn't have the run game to lean on at all. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so that that's not necessarily a, a bad thing, but I think uh, as a coaching point going into next year, they're going to have to trust Quinn Ewers a little bit more 
on some tight throws in the red zone if they're going to improve in the red zone next year. That was maybe the one thing that if they would have had if, – if you could ask for improvement for next year from Quinn Ewers, mm -hmm. that may be one of those things because yeah. they, they just didn't have that available, available to them at a time when they absolutely needed it last night. Yeah, and like you said, that that one uh, when we had to kick the field goal with whatever three minutes left, whatever it was, or less than that, um, that that we need to score a touchdown right there because if we we would have scored a touchdown there. The way the game unfolded, we're we're going to Houston. You know, we're kicking a field goal at the end of the game and we're winning the game. Um, so uh, yeah, we we need to score touchdowns. Red zone's been a problem all year long. I think I think. Uh, Scheming different things, you know, like you said, Quinn being able to, you know, zip that thing in there. Um, and then and then also, I think quarterback Ron needs to be a factor in the red zone. Uh, it really does. And is that Arch? Is that who, you know, who is that? Is it Wildcat? I think quarterback run play in the red zone is, is the difference maker because that's where you get your extra hat to be able to run the football. Got it. Um, I thought Brian, you know, uh, at the end of the game, at the end of the game, the one, the last play of the game, the thing that I, I wished we had, I wish they would have made the adjustment was, I and I had off covers. The corner was eight to ten yards off. If we run a pylon route, you know, in other words, all right, we're going, we're going fade to to AD. Uh, we get press coverage, we're throwing the fade. But with the corner as far off as he was. We push it in the end zone. If 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 Adonai just snaps it out right at the pylon, and Quinn zips it to the pylon, I mean literally just let's catch this thing right on top. But it's six because the corner's way off. He knew he was playing fade the whole way, and um, I j I just wish we would have made that adjustment with that soft coverage of just push it to the pylon, turn it out, throw the football right at the pylon. We score, we win. Yeah, that that's I agree with you. That's what I was getting at with kind of needing the ability to really gun it in there, right? Yep. They yep. haven't – Quinn hasn't shown that aspect of his offense. Maybe Sark hasn't shown show, – you know, relied on Quinn to do that sort of thing. And maybe that's the next mm -hmm. year of development that we can look forward to in the red zone that may change some things next year. That's yep. that's kind of my point too is, is I, I agree with you uh, wholeheartedly. All right, uh, I, I want to add this, and I'm just going to talk about it. Texas won special teams. You, you agree with that? I mean, not only yeah. did they have the punt, uh, the punt drop or the punt muff, uh, but Texas overall just looked like the better special teams uh, group. Even though Washington was one of the nation's elite special teams group, they started squib kicking it because they didn't want Texas to return it. Yeah, I mean that's that's how much better the, the Texas return game was overall. Uh, mm -hmm. Ryan Sanborn had a good night as well. Uh, yeah. But anything else to take take home uh, for people that that watched the Longhorns all year long and. Uh, thoughts for you before I let you go here on this uh, last edition of of the season with lunch with the coach Brian. I just like the way we battled. You know, we won a lot of close games throughout the year. That game was <clears throat> it was over, and and our and our guys fought and fought and fought. And that's that's my biggest takeaway. I'm I'm proud that we ended the season on the twelve yard lines, taking four shots at it because uh, you know forty five fifty seconds earlier we didn't have a shot. And, um, you know, yeah, should, should Washington have taken a knee? Certainly they probably should have. They're kicking themselves for not doing that, but they, they did and they ran the ball and we're still being physical on defense and we're still striking people because we're fighting. 
And and because of that, we end up, you know, hurting the running back. He's laying on the ground. And then now the clock does what it does. And we know the rest of that story. But I just like our fight. I like I like the fact that we've got tremendous culture. And uh, I like this program. I like where we're headed. The, tra- the trajectory is going where we want it to go. And, you know, let's just keep building this thing, you know, six inches at a time. And, uh, you know, we're going to find ourselves back here pretty soon. Got it. All right. That's going to do it. Brian, I appreciate you all season long. You know that, man. Uh, you, you guys uh, have a good one. Happy New Year to you Happy and your Happy New Year to you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, buddy. All right. Uh, that's going to do it for this week's Lunch with the Coach, Brian Irwin. I uh, appreciate you, man. Uh, and for everybody out there, I, I'm going to say this. Uh, last Lunch with the Coach for the season, I just want to say hook them. Thanks for joining us on this. Uh, like you, Brian said, we just have a good we have a good thing going right now, and we yeah. just need to keep building on it. Uh, as much as we can. All right. For Brian Irwin, I'm Bobby Burton. That's been Lunch with the Coach. Welcome. Welcome.